peace to all men on earth. I proclaim to you good news of glad tidings, a great message. The hope of Israel has appeared in the land this day. The angelic gospel preached to the shepherds. In the land of Israel a light has shone. <laughs> it's a great light. It's the light of Jesus. It's the light of Torah. It's the light of the Word made flesh walking among us, breathing and beating in our hearts new life, further and further away from the curse of the fall every day, because that is the holiness of Jesus Christ's way. Today and forevermore we will follow him in his glory, and it will be a brighter glory, and it will be a protected glory. It will be a safer glory, as it's written in Numbers 23, no sorcery can kindle against Israel, nor divination against Jacob. Now, why is it important that you are Jacob and Israel, the Lamb of Rachel, according to Genesis 30, verse 40? Jacob shepherded the lambs. He separated the lambs. He shepherded the lambs. And you are the lambs of Jacob, Israel. Why? Because the apostolic declaration of the gospel is you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, are the King of Israel. King of Israel only? King of Israel only. Not King of Esau. Not King of Ishmael. Not King of Nimrod. Not King of Cain. They don't have kings. It's a all disorder outside the gates of Israel, outside the gates of Jerusalem, outside the gates of Messiah Jesus Christ, outside of His walls of impenetrable glory, of His word fulfilled. It's all chaos and confusion out there. And it's really beginning to show, isn't it? The ones who say they are Israel but are actually Esau. The ones who say they are Christians but are actually Judas Iscariot and Ananias and Sapphira and goats like Esau, hairy goats. And he was a man of the field. What's that a reference of? Nimrod and Satan, chief of the beasts of all the field. So what does it mean that no sorcery in Numbers 23 can kindle or curse or touch or harm Israel or Jacob, no divination, no augury, works against Israel. Numbers 23 does written. What does that mean? No augury can be augured against Israel, against Jacob, against Tiferet, against the Messiah and his seed line. It doesn't work. The body of Christ is his body. We got a theology, we got a doctrine, we got an idea in our heads, but it only matters in our hearts how much the invisible person of your spirit, the center of your soul, is aligned with that teaching. It's a teaching. How do we know it's a teaching? It's gospel. It's Torah. Salvation is a teaching. That's why heresy, 
when you get into error, is so destructive because you're no longer saved inside the walls and boundary stones of Israel, 12 tribes, and Israel, 12 apostles. And if you're outside their teaching, the teaching of Israel, the inheritance and the promises of the patriarchs of Israel, and of Isaac, and of Abraham, and you're outside Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you have no protection, you have no provision, you have no salvation, you have no Christianity, you don't even have angels. What you have is a bunch of demons, and a bunch of dirt, and a bunch of pride, and a bunch of lust, and a mess, and you got a behemoth, and you're feeding that. Everyone remembers to feed their behemoth, right? You get hungry, you order DoorDash. By mere instinct, we will feed the behemoth, but it takes a disciple to feed his spirit, Torah, which is what? John 1.1. In the beginning was Torah, and Torah was with Yadevave, and Torah was Yadevave, John 1.1. That's the gospel, people. So what is Messiah? Torah made Israel's flesh. How many of y'all know Israel didn't have an inheritance? Nope. Messiah is the inheritance of Israel. The obedience to the holy angels in the Old Testament was for one thing. To enthrone the Messiah. That's it. All obedience of the entire law and the prophets was one thing. To enthrone Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Messiah of Israel. Messiah of Israel only? Yes, Messiah of Israel only. There is no Messiah of the Gentiles. That's why Galatians 6 says, You now Gentiles are Jews, the Israel of God, through the circumcisions of the heart. And if you don't have the circumcisions of Torah, who's Torah? In the beginning was Torah, Torah was Yadivave. That's the gospel that we now have Torah of Jesus Christ. If you understand that, Moses and the prophets ain't some boring Pentateuch, ain't some boring dead letter, oh my God, spare me from Numbers and Leviticus. It becomes, that's Jesus literally giving himself to Moses on Sinai. He didn't give something other than himself. God can't give anything bad. As is written, God is good. Yarevave is good. Nahum 1, it is written. So if you're experiencing anything bad, sad, or mad, that's because you're not experiencing Jesus. You're usually experiencing something that says it's Jesus, a demon, a lie, father of lies, a principality, a power, a throne, a dominion, a lying Esau that has no inheritance in Israel whatsoever, nor did he even want an inheritance. Esau I have hated. So the hate of Yarevave is upon Esau and his family. That's the curse of Yarevave. The curse of God, Galatians 1, be upon them. Apostle Paul says, if they have a different Torah other than the man Christ Jesus, who is the Torah of Yarevave, the very angel on the mountain that spoke to Moses on Sinai. If you have any other Torah other than Jesus Christ as Messiah, you'll find yourselves actual enemies of God. Esau, the enemy of God. Ishmael, the enemy of God. Nimrod, the enemy of God. Cain, the enemy 
of the angel of God. So what are hairy goats and what are gentle lambs? They are people that are obedient inside the walls of Jerusalem and not disobedient outside the walls of Jerusalem. What makes you an insider instead of an outsider? Not your orphan spirit, your rejection spirit, or your problems or your sins or any of your human issues. That's not the case. Only one thing. If you are of Israel or if you are of Esau, there's only two families of all nations, tribes, and tongues in the whole world right now. There's no Jew or Gentile. That's not an issue. That has not been an issue since Messiah Jesus Christ. Even the sorcerers know that and tremble. The only issue is, whose family are you in and obeying right now? And don't tell me your mom or dad in the earth because that's not true. You're a liar. Your family is always spiritual, and your family is always angelic, and you are always doing a spiritual, angelic will of something in the invisible realm from birth. Even if you're zero years old, even if you're in the mother's womb, both John and Jesus were kicking and rejoicing in the bellies, doing God's will, releasing the joy of the Lord in utero. In utero, not even born yet. That's what the Bible says. So it's not even about age. Hinder not the little ones from coming to me, for such as these does the kingdom belong. It is written. So it means, is your family God or Satan tonight? Come on now. I could change. Who's your father? Turn to your neighbor and say, who your daddy is. That's not redneck enough. I don't know anymore. Listen, man, you have received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Oh, it's so hard. Abba, Father. No, it's not so hard. It's just really, really impossible if you're deceived, delusional, and confused because of being filled with sin and rebellion and wrongdoing, and you never correct your bones, your marrow, your brain, your heart, and your liver to obey the Torah of God, Jesus Christ. If you don't obey with your liver, with your heart, and with your brain, forget ever hearing the gospel. It's not going to help you at all. As is written, those who love me obey my commandments. Anybody know who said that? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Torah of Yadavave said that. Which means, until we have an obedience to Torah, and an understanding that Jesus Christ is the Torah, and Jesus Christ is here by His Spirit. He's not even coming. He came. He's here. Now, do you feel Him? You'll feel Him in the exact measure you're obedient to His Torah. You know that? Sensitivity to the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of Christ, as is written, is all about obedience. Faith without works is dead. So what are the works of faith? Obviously, obeying Torah. So some of you, because of a delusional form of antichrist paganism that you call Christianity, don't understand what Torah is. Torah is a Hebrew word that means the law or the instruction of Yadavaveh. Yadavaveh is the only name 
for God in the New Testament and the Old Testament. We come up with all of our nation's languages with different names. Some of you call him Teddy Bear. Some of you call him your unicorn or my little rubber ducky. You know, some of you just crawl up on his lap like a, you know, some kind of big fuzzy bear or Santa Claus. Others of you have a more formal name for him, and it's only Yahweh. <laughs> Yahweh. Or Yeshua. Yeshua. How many of y'all know that he went around Israel being called Josh? Okay, that was the most, one of the most common names. I can't say one of the most because I've studied it. It was the most common name in the entire nation of Israel. Josh. It wasn't Jesus. No one spoke Greek. They're Jews. They're Israelites. Okay? They weren't Hellenized. You're in Israel. His ministry was only in Israel. The Greek-speaking Jews were outside of Israel. These were Jewish Israelites. And the most common name in that entire culture during the days of the Messiah was the very name of the Messiah. So nowadays it's like, everyone's got a Jesus. You got a hundred million people in America that say they love Jesus right now. You know that? hundred. You have one billion people on earth that have confessed that they love Jesus. One billion right now. It's not a small number. One eighth of the planet confesses they love Jesus. Here's the issue. There's 200 million Jesuses. There are literally 200 million entities in the spirit world that say they are Jesus. You will not meet a demon that does not say it's Jesus. And then if you don't even cohere to that religion, that demon will say it's Buddha. That demon will say it's Esau, if you're a warlock. That demon might say it's Laban. That demon might say it's Samael. That demon might say it's something, this, that, or the other thing. Whatever your religion or your culture or your nationality ascribes to in flesh and blood and behemoth in the nefesh, which is the earthly soul of dust and rock, that's what the demon's going to say it is to you. It's going to say it's your God. Some of you, it's a dollar bill. Some of you, it's you know alcohol. Or some of you, it's pornography or lust. And some of you, it's cartoons. Some of you, it's a religious spirit. Everyone on earth has their own Jesus. And don't think it's all the same. It's all different. Now, we say we only believe in the, the one Jesus that came in the flesh. Listen now. Every spirit must confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh or be burnt, tortured, bound in chains, and thrown into the lake of fire. But how do we discern? The word discern means wisdom. How do we get wise to make sure our hundred million American Christians are in the unity of the one body of Christ? Last time I checked, everyone's at each other's necks out here, competitive over sheep, competitive over doctrine, correcting each other publicly, not out of love, not out of the Holy Spirit, out of envy and strife. I've only experienced it about maybe a million times. 
in the last 20 years of full-time ministry? I don't know how many times y'all experienced it, but everyone's got an opinion about everything. And they're all demons. You know what your opinions are? Familiar spirits. You don't have the right to an opinion. As is written, I no longer live. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me. Your opinions need to die with him tonight. Your opinion needs to be the word made flesh, the Torah of Yarevave. The reason why we're bringing it back to the first language that created the heavens and earth, ancient Hebrew, not modern Hebrew, ancient Hebrew. Ancient Hebrew is so different than modern Hebrew. If Moses was walking the earth today, he would not be able to understand or speak or write one single word in Hebrew. It's true. It's a completely man-made language. It's not even remotely close. The ancient Hebrew is what the angel of Yadevave spoke to create the stars, the sun, the moon, and the first family. Truth and And so we have lost that language as we did Latin. It's a dead language. Latin's a dead language. You know what else is a dead language? Ancient Hebrew. No nation speaks it anymore. It's only available for one thing. Study. It's only available for study. And since it's a dead language, the study to show yourself approved has to be in the spirit of that language. It does. <laughs> you know, the angels, they'll be astonished. They'll be like, you don't understand Hebrew. You don't speak Hebrew. Well, you know, you speak in tongues of nations and you speak in tongues of angels. 1 Corinthians 14, it is written, which means the angels expect you 2,000 years after Pentecost fulfilled in the upper room, Acts chapter 2 realities, they expect you to speak in the languages of angels. Guys, they expect faith. They expect fruit. Angels expect obedience. They don't have a grid for disobedience. You know that? It shocks them. Unbelief shocks them. It horrifies them. They don't have any grid for lust, pride, strife, sin, or disobedience. They're perfect, innocent spirits. Now, if you get enculturated by them, starting with where you're at right now, your innocence begins to be restored. Not the innocence of youth, because you're born with original sin. The innocence of Jesus' youth. The innocence of Torah's youth. The innocence of the youth of the Word of God, King of Kings and Lord of Lords youth. Amen? That's what it means to be the Lamb of God. It means to be the youth of God. Is he any less than God? No, he says, my son, my equal. My son, my equal. But it means to have the innocence of the original design of Adam and Eve operating in your hearts and minds and bodies. And we say, man, that's so far off with all the TikTok and with all the internet and with this culture right now and all of the lust everywhere and everyone's so corrupted and so polluted by sin. That's not true. The Word's not corrupted. The Word can't be corrupted. Torah's not corrupted. Torah can't be corrupted. Holy Spirit's not corrupted. Holy Spirit cannot be corrupted. He's God. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. If you allow him to change your inner man, 
the center of your soul, your spirit, and begin to change your mind, will, and emotions tonight. Begin to work on places where you're calloused. Begin to work on places where you're wounded, where you're protective. A lot of you just really don't open up at all. You just try to be something that you expect others to see as good or perfect. Some of you just rebellious. Some of you just religious. Some of you are doing the best you can. The issue is God expects you to open up to Him and allow Him through His holy, innocent angels to change you. What does it mean to inherit salvation? It means the holy angels taking the Torah of Yadavave, Jesus Christ, His blood, His water, His spirit, His teaching, His Shekinah glory, and removing the dark places of your heart, removing the dark places of your brain, removing the dark places in your bones, in your marrow, removing even the, all the sorceries, all the auguries of Babylon the Great from your flesh and bones tonight. The truth is, all the nations have been augured, and it's a horrific ordeal, and it's astonishing to even fathom augury, the augury of Laban. But the truth is, because of a lack of righteousness, a lack of Christian, Holy Spirit, blood of Jesus Christ, John, Apostle of the Lamb, Kabbalah, and because the, the Holy Sephirot of righteousness has not been raised, and Christianity has just been down on the earth only, Esau's family has dominated the Kabbalah circles. They're cosmic. They're sorcerers. Outside the city gates are the sorcerers. It is written. What are the sorcerers? Esau's entire family tree. The hunters. Esau was a man of the field, a hunter. Nimrod, a great hunter, who killed and robbed while pretending to be pious. Okay? So you're dealing with all of that wickedness at an extreme and supreme level in this generation. At the same time, God has predestined and foreordained apostles and sons of Yadevave to raise a standard of righteousness in these days so that the augury of Laban and the augury of that wicked son of Satan Esau of all the stolen inheritance of Israel and Messiah and the apostles of the Lamb would be obliterated out of all nations, tribes, and tongues into the lake of fire right now by angel armies. But unless we're on the rungs, the enemy has them. As is written, you remain under governors and tutors unto the appointed time of your maturity. If you're not under the maturity of righteousness, Whose maturity is covering you? Well, there's only the wicked family of Esau and the righteous family of Israel. And that's in Revelation. That's the end of the book. So if you are not under Jerusalem's authority, the Lamb of God's authority, the Twelve Apostles' authority, the Gemstones and the Wall's authority, and the Twelve Tribes of Israel's authority, what authority do you come from? Do you have any authority at all? See, I tell you the truth, God wants to share his authority, his government, with his nature formed in us. Not with the part of you that's uncircumcised. That's all Esau. That's all Ishmael. That is no inheritance 
with the chosen family, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Messiah, and Messiah's 12 apostles of the Lamb, are equal to the 12 tribes of Israel. And you need them both. Why? Because it's written. It's written in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. The very city of our promised land is 12 apostles of the Lamb and 12 tribes of Israel. Separate? Old Testament, New Testament? Old Covenant? No. One. One city. One. Just like all the division that comes around and tries to separate Shadrach as CFIRLMTV and the Rebecca and I as RLMTV. And we want to give donations directly to Shadrach. You know, that's a demon of division. That's a sorcery spirit trying to divide one apostleship. Okay, one apostleship. RLM is one global apostleship. And I believe it'll have more once we get the Archangel Union really in operation by the destruction of all the division and faction and envy and strife out of the immaturity out of everyone's souls. Then you begin to have a unified vision of Jesus Christ with 12 apostles and 12 tribes. See, a lot of you are so augured by Laban that you have no grid for unity. You've never had it in any relationship. You're at in strife even in your marriage, in your relationships, in your families, in your, with your parents, with your siblings. So unity is about the furthest thing you could possibly understand or grasp because of your human natural experiences. So when you hear about these things, the natural instinctual beast response of the behemoth of the uncircumcised brain is to fight that thing. To even when I speak, divide that thing. The very natural instinct toward Archangel Union and his 12 apostles and his 12 tribes and his one body of Christ, which is all sapphire stones, the divine body, would be like, oh, there's many parts. I'm up here. I'm the Canadian body. I'm the Minnesotan body. I'm male. I'm female. I'm Jewish. I'm Gentile. I'm Irish. I'm Russian. You know, and it's like, let's go identify with the realm of the dead. Let's identify with the shirt instead of the immortal eternal spirit. What's your shirt? Your flesh. Your nefesh. Is your identity in the nefesh or your identity in the spirit of Christ? Where is your identity hidden? That's what you're wearing. That's your father. That's your mother. And that's your God. So what you need to do is have only one God and no gods besides me, it is written. The first commandment, Moses, Torah. Now, which God do you think Moses was talking about? Let me tell you a story. I've read Torah a lot. I love the word. I study every day, showing myself approved. Workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When the Lord Jesus Christ would come down, reveal himself to Moses... All Israel saw it. You know what says that? Torah says that. All Israel saw yad Hey vav Hey descend like lightning into a tent. They still died of unbelief. How can you die of unbelief when you just saw God? Do you realize Torah says every Israelite saw God and yet they still died? What is the vision even going to help you? Unless you obey that God, you're worse off having never seen him. You know that's true. 
unless you obey this message that the apostles of the Lamb are bringing forth in this generation right now, you're better off having never heard it. It's true. It's written in Hebrews. You're better off having never heard the gospel than hearing it and disobeying it. The disobedience is what makes you a family member of Esau today. The obedience only is what makes you an Israelite of God, an Israelite of Jesus Christ. Amen. Here's the deal. You don't need to go around telling everyone you're a, an Israelite. You're Israel. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. It's an, a spiritual identity. It's okay to conceal these things. You don't have to blabber everything. You can keep mysteries and secrets, right? Jesus did. To them I speak in parables and riddles, but to you I've given the mysteries and the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, it is written. So he spoke secrets to the sons, riddles to the rebellious. Is the gospel a riddle to you? Is Joel's bar a riddle to you? That's the evidence you're outside the gates and you're a rebel. You're a rebel. Repent. Become a son. The sons get secrets. The rebels get riddles. It is written. That's red letters. Somebody write that down in the comments. Mm -hmm. The rebels get riddles. Ever hearing, never understanding. It is written. But the sons get secrets. The secrets of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you. But to others I speak in riddles. Red letters. It is written. So, what kind of message Torah do you want today? Do you want a Torah that's just for your head and you stay dead? You want a Torah that's just knowledge so you can go home and boast to your spouse of how educated and how good you're doing now so that she can lighten up on you or he can lighten up on you? Listen, I'm the obedient one in this family. You're the disobedient one. Listen, man. The nature of God is one. Lamb. And the ability of God is one. Fishing. Fishing. Today it's like a bad thing. It means that you're spamming people. Report the fishing. Report the spam. Fishing is a whole category of wicked activity on the internet. I tell you the truth. Real fishing is all the activity done inside Jerusalem Israel above. There's zero hunting. Hunting is all wickedness. Hunting is of Nimrod, Ishmael, and Esau. That's all the family of the fallen angels of the principalities. That's the Klippeth. Hunting is Klippeth 100% of the time. Fishing. Holy fishing of the living water that comes from the Lamb. Fishing. With the water from the throne of Jesus Christ, Messiah King. Of all Jacob's ladder, fishing is the only nature of both Old Testament, righteous men made perfect, and New Testament, righteous men made perfect, of all timelines there is. So any activity in our lives that's not with the tackle box and a fishing pole and lures, you can have all kinds of lures, I make you fishers of men. It's legal. It's the obedience to Torah. But when you're hunting with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, don't matter how much Christianity you have, I don't care how much revelation you have, I don't care how much knowledge you have, 
Fallen angels have more than you, buckwheat. The issue is, if you're hunting, you're a demon, you're a hairy goat, you're a wicked servant of the clippeth of Satan and his angels, and you're going to hell. All hunters go to eternal hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. I tell you the truth. Jesus Christ said that. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I did not know you. He says, go to where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. Not temporary, eternally. Eternal damnation for all hunters and all that are hunted. So here's the thing. A dog is one who's hunted. A sorcerer is one who hunts. Outside the walls of the twelve apostles of the Lamb and the twelve tribes of Israel, you can only be hunted or a hunter. So you have all kinds of animals outside the ark right now that are hunting or being hunted. Some actually like to be hunted. And some of you are actual hunters listening to me right now because you don't have the nature of Jesus Christ in you at all. And you've rejected everything the Holy Spirit's ever told you to do or say or become. So if you reject the Messiah's message, you reject the Torah of the Lamb of God, you're utterly cut off from the people. Who said that? Moses and the Lamb. Moses and the Lamb said that. If you reject the one that comes after me, you'll be terminated from the people. That's what it says. You'll be cut off. You're not an Israelite anymore. So how can you be Jewish and not an Israelite? Esau. Esau was born of Jacob. It's Jacob's DNA. So they are Jewish, but they're of Esau and their father is Satan. Right? And you think, well, that's just in Judaism. No, that's also Christianity. Oh, yes. It's not just with Israel. It's also with the 12 apostles of the Lamb. What is the Esau of the New Covenant? Judas Iscariot. One of our own number is Satan. Jesus Christ, red letters. That's what he said. One of our own is the devil. Now, Israel said the same thing. Right? Isaac and Isaac said the same thing. Isaac and Jacob. Isaac and Esau. So understand this. We know the promises came through Isaac. We know Messiah came through Isaac because the Bible says it in both the genealogy of Matthew and Luke. Amen? Truth anyhow. So, how does that correspond today with Christian demons and Jewish demons? The same exact way. As 1 John says, they came out from amongst us, but they were never of us. You know what that is? And Esau, they came out of the same womb as Jacob. Same mom, same Jewish bloodline, same Jewish DNA. But one chose hell and the other chose heaven in their lives. With their decisions, with their actions, with their interactions with the angels, with their interactions with the spirits, how they fed their nefesh, how they fed their behemoth, how they fed their souls, how they treated others how they treated themselves, they made decisions that they're eternally paying for or rewarded for. Same with you. Same with you. If you don't change your actions, your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, and your ways to correspond with the 
12 apostles of the Lamb of the book of Revelation, don't think you'll have any reward with them. Your doctrine or your nationality or your religion or your even the things that you think you've said and done does not make you eligible for rewards. What makes you eligible for rewards in the New Testament is obedience to Jesus Christ's angels. True. And if you're not sensitive to the instruction of the angels, your daily bread, as is written, they ate the bread of angels. Are you eating the bread of angels? If you are not sensitive to holy angelic instruction, there is zero evidence that you're a child of God. So what the apostolic and the fivefold is, is raising you up in Christ's nature that's mostly dormant, because most of you aren't even God-inside-minded right now, sensitive to the rich treasure of glory filled with Torah, because your spirit's kind of dead, and you mostly just hear into the nefesh, into the carnal mind, into the behemoth, and a lot of it's just shredded in your hyper-canvas and treated as worthless information because you don't understand its value because you have not much wisdom. Right? If we're accurate, that's what it is. When you begin to value Torah, it is retained as the ability to shine with true light. If you don't value the Torah of Yadavave, who's Jesus Christ, the Messiah King, you don't even listen. You don't even watch. You don't even care to obey. There's not even repentance. There's people that have watched and listened to Joel's bar every day for the last year, and they don't recite or recall one thing we've ever said. I know because I test these people every day. They can't remember or recall one thing from Joel's bar. Literally none of it has even hit their spirit. It all goes into the dirt and the dust of the serpents eating in their soul. Jesus Christ said, you must be clean through the word of God, the washing of the water of the word. If you're unclean, that means you're not engaging in the word of God. You're not listening to the Holy Spirit. What did Stephen with the glowing face say to the earthly Sanhedrin of demons? You always harden your ears against the Holy Spirit. You always resist in your ears the Holy Spirit. At that point, they began to weep and gnash their teeth. They dragged him out and stoned him to death. And they laid their prayer shawls at the feet of a man named Saul. Right? That's what Acts says. So how can you come to a point where you're just so engraved, so entombed, so mummified in religion that you can't even listen to the apostles of Lamb or to the the realm of the living or to the sapphire stones that are talking to you (laughs) or the vibrations of heaven coming down to you and the river of life trying to water you as is written, the Spirit and the Bride say, come and drink. What is blocking you from receiving Torah, which is salvation? That stuff is what you need to repent of and deal with in your hearts. Don't puke on others. Don't puke on us. We're not your puke bags. You go into private, talk with God, Yadevave, Lord Jesus Christ. I repent for carrying all this stuff in my heart. You get on your knees, you put your head into the floor and into the carpet and weep and wail and mourn at your own sins, at your own rebellion and get right with God and get up, cry, 
Let, let your guardian angels hug you. If you're sincere, they will. Every time you're sincere in repentance in your heart towards Jesus, you get forgiveness. If you're insincere and don't change your heart, you harden your heart. As many have. Many have hardened their heart and they don't listen anymore. They'll never obey. They're gone. They're hopeless. There's many people the Lord says, don't even pray for them anymore. They, they care nothing about the kingdom. They care nothing about Jerusalem. They care nothing about Israel. Their God is their own vain imagination. Their doctrine is made up American Christianity. It's paganism. They're not, they don't even know about heaven or Jacob's ladder. They know nothing about the kingdom. It's true. And they're not listening and they're not interested. They're in love with the false Jesus they've constructed in their earthly cultures. They've constructed golden images that they call Jesus in their buildings made by human hands that God has never dwelt in, Acts 7.48. God has never dwelt in buildings made by human hands. What about this building? It's not made by human hands. Every detail must be built by angels, lest the laborers labor in vain. King Solomon said that. Amen? Everything that angels build, like the Ark of Noah, like all apostolic ministry since the 12 apostles of the Lamb, and there's been apostles every generation, every single generation, there have been kings. And they have labored with angels and have built upon the previous generation of righteous, holy building of the apostles of the Lamb. And it's been passed down. It's true. You can find them in every generation. It's called the wisdom of the ages. Now our issue is, is we're the capstone generation. The capstone gets a lot. A lot. It's a lot. The capstone gets all the righteousness. All the way back 10 weeks of Enoch. All the circumcisions of the heart and the mind and the bones and the marrow of Enoch who walked with God and was not is given in this righteous generation. I thought we were the generation of iniquity. Well, all that is iniquity. All that murmuring, complaining, whining, fault-finding, gossiping, slandering, critical spirit, unrighteous judgment, all that lust, all that pride, all those demons. Yeah, they're all getting obliterated. That's what's getting circumcised off of ten worlds on a ladder that's resting on every one of your brains right now in the whole world. Everyone has a ladder on their head. Everyone is buried under the heavens. What are the heavens saying over your head today? You know they are. They're saying something. There's a record of everything of your DNA going up moon, sun, and stars all the way to the throne of God ten weeks. God keeps no record of sins. Well, you do you have a record above your head of all the forgiveness of sins? You know forgiveness of sins comes by confession and obedience to the Messiah. It's not just Jesus obliterating the works of the devil in the whole world. Otherwise, you wouldn't have Adolf Hitler killing 16 million people, Pol Pot, ethnic cleansing, atrocities. None of that would be possible. So you got a lot of idealism, but very little reality. The reality is there's a ladder of a record of sins, transgressions, and iniquities on every human being's brain. And it goes up through the moon and the sun and the stars. And if you align your body down here on earth with Messiah, Jerusalem, and Israel, there is a narrow way, a narrow path that goes all the way up to the very throne of Yarevave. 
But if you are outside of those circles of the protocol of the holy angels, you're lost with the devil right now. There is only a wall of protection under the protocol of Jesus Christ's behavior, Jesus Christ's words, Jesus Christ's Torah, Jesus Christ's apostles, Jesus Christ's tribes, and Jesus Christ Israel. As is written, you are the king of Israel. Amen. Therefore, anyone that's outside that kingship of Israel, outside that city of protocol, I come and I have rewards for those according to their earthly works. Revelation 22. So you're rewarded. How are these ones rewarded? But it says one third are thrown in the lake of fire. And everyone who worshipped the beast was killed and thrown into the lake of fire with the red dragon. And they worshipped his image, images, idols. So some are rewarded, some are obliterated. It's called the revelation of Jesus Christ. The red letter says, I will come and everyone that's intimate with that woman on her sickbed, I will literally obliterate and slaughter them, killing them completely is what it says in the Amplified Classic. Does your Jesus kill them completely? Or do you got some make-believe Jesus that's not the killer of Revelation 2 and 3? Right? Angel Armies of who? Lord of hosts. You know, it's Jesus Christ. That's the most common name for Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation is Captain of Armies. Not Captain of Patty Cake. And so you think the big bad Genghis Khan or the warmongers are the real tough guys. Or the Mafia are the real tough guys. Or the Russians, the real tough guys. CIA, Navy SEALs, big tough guys. Do you even have a grid for the angelic invisible realm that everything in the earthly dimension mirrors? The tough guys are the warring angels. It's clearly written in the word if you believe it. Do you want those tough guys encircled round about you so you're never touched by demons? You're never molested. You're never robbed. You're never stolen from or murdered. You need angels, guys, and not just one or two. When you go into Zion, Hebrew says, you're encompassed with myriads innumerable. So it's, you might have one or two if you're making progress to Jerusalem and actual acts of repentance, changing your earthly nature to obey the protocol of the holy angels in Jerusalem today. You might have one or two angels. Probably have one or two hundred demons, though. Probably have a lot more demons than you do angels. That's because you're rebellious. That's because you're religious. That's because you're a hairy goat. That's because you're a golden calf, an idolater. That's because you're in the pig trough eating pig food. And you have not returned home to your father. When you return, return home to your father, he prepares food for you once you've allowed him to kill the calf and kill the goat. Most Christians I've dealt with don't allow anything in their life to be killed. And as soon as the sword of the Spirit, the, the very work of the priest who has a sword that kills all the animals in your lives, the image bearing the beasts and birds of the demonic, as soon as it touches one of your demons, you usually go nuts and begin turning and betraying the very priest, the Levite of the heavenly Jerusalem that's trying to deliver you from your own sin and demons. That's what you do. Very few ever are like, well, thank you for the deliverance and for cutting away the foreskins of sin and deceit and the structure of the clippeth and the very principalities that were leading me into hell. Very few have ever even in this generation 
come to that place. That's how wicked this generation is right now. Don't even say for a minute they're practicing righteousness. It is mostly en masse rebellion and wickedness, but it does not affect anything inside Jerusalem's walls. It's all outside the walls. And we will never leave the walls of Jerusalem. It's illegal to. As soon as you leave Jerusalem's walls, you're no longer a fisherman. You're a hunter, and you go out there as a lamb, you're hunted. You'll be hunted. You'll be killed. They might kill you car accidents. They might kill you with cancer, sickness, and disease. But your location of your nefesh, bones, and marrow determines if you can be hunted by the birds of the air, the ziz, the demons with wings. But if you're inside Jerusalem, you're protected by Jesus, great white eagle, all the way up 10 weeks. Even from birth, these ones were raised in Zion, it is written. So it's not like you ever should be raised in hell or have hell over you at any point of your Christian growth. Truth anyhow. That whole system of school of hard knocks, school of hell, is obliterated. It was never your teacher. It was never meant to teach you or train you. You got burned because you practiced sin and rebellion and demons punished you because that's their job, is to punish sin. You will crawl on your belly and eat dust all your days, Samael, serpent rider, in the Garden of Eden. You are cursed more than all the other animals. Flying demons, crawling demons, walking demons, 200 million demons, Revelation chapter 9, I heard their number. You are accursed and your food will be sin. There's no sin in Jerusalem. It's the city of the Lamb of God. It's already obliterated. Sin is only outside of the heavenly Jerusalem's walls. So here's the issue. Repentance to live inside Jerusalem with all your house, with everything you got every day, hearing the word, believing it and obeying it, and growing in Jerusalem's ways, growing in heavenly Jerusalem's culture, just cursing your own culture, cursing your own familiar demons, Cursing everything you've clung to in the realm of the natural that's from Satan and his angels. As it's written, test everything in fire. What is the curse of Yadivave? The lamb? How many of y'all know the Bible says this child will be for the rise and fall, which means destruction of many nations. This child is a curse to many nations. It is written. That's the gospel. What nations is he a curse to? Ishmael, Esau, Nimrod, Cain, hairy goats, Judas Iscariot, Christian demon nations, Muslim demons, Buddhist demons, every nation that has demons and other gods, besides the Torah of Yadevave, this child will utterly obliterate them into the lake of fire. But every nation that enthrones Torah, Jesus Christ, of Yarevave, Abba Father. It is a blessing. It is the Messiah. It is the light of that nation. It is the salvation of that nation. It is the inheritance of the upright of that nation who change all their thoughts and ways to agree with Jesus Christ's thoughts and ways. Our Creator, our Redeemer, our King, our Torah, our Instructor, our Master, and our apostle, 
An apostle really is one who takes you into a greater Shekinah. They're apostles of glory. There's no other type of apostle. There's not, oh, well, I'm just an apostle without Shekinah glory. No, you're just lost. You're just very confused. An apostle will always take you into glory. There is no other type of apostle. In fact, there's no other type of prophet. Can you imagine people nowadays being a prophet apart from Shekinah, apart from Jerusalem, apart from Israel, apart from Messiah, apart from the promised land, apart from the protocol of the holy angels? Which dimension are you living in? What dimension are you prophesying from? You're the false prophet. You're thrown in the lake of fire. There is one prophet, and he's in Zion with myriads of angels. There's one apostle, and he's in Zion, encompassed by myriads of angels, and everything else outside of Zion, the very throne of God the Father in heaven, will be obliterated. As Jesus Christ said, all who came before me were thieves and liars. Amen. Amen. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kedeshanu Bamitzvatav Litvanu Al Sefarat HaOmer Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us concerning the counting of the Omer. Today is one day of the Omer. May the Merciful One restore unto us the service of the Bet Hamikdash to its place speedily in our days. Amen. Selah. For the choir master, a song with instrumental music, a psalm, may God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his countenance shine upon us forever, that your way be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. The nations will extol you, O God. All the nations will extol you. The nations will rejoice and sing for joy, For you will judge the peoples justly and guide the nations on earth forever. The peoples will extol you, O God. All the peoples will extol you. For the earth will have yielded its produce. And God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us. And all from the farthest corners of the earth shall fear him. We implore you by the great power of your right hand. Release the captive, accept the prayer of your people, strengthen us, purify us, awesome one, mighty one. We beseech you, guard as the apple of the eye, those who seek your oneness. Bless them, cleanse them, bestow upon them forever your merciful righteousness. Powerful one, holy one, in your abounding goodness, Guide your congregation, only and exalted one. Turn to your people who are mindful of your holiness. 
accept our supplication and hear our cry. You who know secret thoughts, blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. Master of the universe, you have commanded us through Moses. You have commanded us through Moses, your servant to count Sephirot Ha-Omer, in order to purify us from our evil uncleanness, as you have written in your Torah. You shall count for yourselves from the day following the day of rest, from the day on which you bring the Omer as a wave offering. The counting shall be for seven full weeks until the day following the seventh week shall you count 50 days so that the souls so that the souls of your people Israel may be cleansed from their defilement therefore may it be your will lord our god and god of our fathers that in the merit of the sephirot ha omer which i counted today the blemish that I have caused in the Sapphira, Hesed, Shebe, Hesed, be rectified, and I may be purified and sanctified with supernal holiness. May abundant bounty thereby be bestowed upon all the worlds. May it rectify our Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama, and Chaya, and Yachita, from every baseness and defect, and may it purify and sanctify us with your supernal <laughs> holiness. <laughs> Amen. Selah. Hey, Akosha. You've been studying the Omer. You've been studying the Sephirot Ha-Omer, and though it may not start on the Jewish calendar until April, how many of you are aware today that the Sephirot HaOmer is the counting of weeks within you, the hope of realizing Jesus Christ. Christ within you, the hope of realizing the glory. Amen. From the Midrash Rabbah, they asked Ben Azai, saying to him, Our teacher, expound for us one matter from the Scroll of Lamentations. And he said to them, Israel was only exiled after they denied the unique one of the world. Circumcision that was given after 20 generations, the Ten Commandments, the five books of the Torah, the numerical value of Aika, Aleph, the unique one of the world. Yad, the Ten Commandments, Kof, twenty generations, He, the five books of Moses. It is appropriate for the unique one to save the unique one as it says, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans, Genesis fifteen seven. This is from the Midrash Tehillim, 117, verse 4. Another interpretation. These praise the Lord. When Abraham was thrown into the fiery furnace, Gabriel wanted to descend and save him. 
Archangel Gabriel wanted to save Abraham. God said to him, I am alone in my world, and he is alone in his world. As it says, Abraham was one. Ezekiel 33:24. It is appropriate for the unique one to save the unique one. As it says, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans. Genesis 15, 7. God said to Gabriel, Even so, I am not reducing your reward, for in the future, Abraham's descendants will descend into the fiery furnace to sanctify my name, and you are standing and saving them. When Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were thrown into the fiery furnace, Uriel, the prince of hail, stood before God. <laughs> and he's a good angel, <laughs> stood before God and said, Master of the universe, I am the Prince of Hail. Let me descend and extinguish the furnace. Gabriel said to him, I am the Prince of Fire. I will go down and cool it from the outside and heat it from the inside, and I will perform a miracle within a miracle. God said to him, That is appropriate. Descend to save them. Hananiah said, These praise the Lord, all the nations. Mishael said, All the peoples should laud him. Azariah said, For his kindness endures forever. Gabriel answered and said, And the truth of the Lord endures forever. What is and truth? In the Hebrew, ve'emeth. It is the thing that you spoke to me in the days of Abraham. And the truth of the Lord endures forever. Hallelujah. And another explanation, the three letters of emeth. From ve-emeth, the three letters of emeth testify to its truth. Aleph is the first letter. Mem is the middle letter. And Tav is the last letter. And this is what is written, Isaiah 44, 6. I am the first and the last. Amen. Mm. Verse of the day, I want you to see this verse and say it out loud. Psalm 75, you can read the screen, you can see it, yeah? Say it out loud, Psalm 75, 10. My praises will break the powers of wickedness while the righteous will be promoted and become powerful. Amen. We, we have just released, thank you to Brother Jacques and everyone who had edited the sound uh, quality and cut the music and put these onto YouTube. The praises in the Kabbalistic glory of Ruth Heflin, the Zadik of the previous generation, who understood Jacob's ladder and the power of praise. So these have just been uploaded this past week. They're available on a playlist on YouTube. I believe someone is going to share that online, share it in the Facebook group, on the Facebook page, so that everyone watching later tonight or tomorrow when you wake up in the morning, you can just put on that playlist and get up on your feet and begin to praise. There are many power, miracle, sign, and wonders 
church aid church age preachers the likes that we haven't seen in many many years but one of them in particular was very famous for his power signs and wonders but also his dedication to holiness and purity said that he would wake right up in the morning jump right out of bed and begin praising god with his whole i mean he would animate his entire nefesh and behemoth he would just shoot right up in the morning and begin praising God and the power and the signs, the wonders, the miracles that glorify the Father and align with the character that God was working in his life. Now, did he have the sephirot? He did not have an understanding of the sephirot, so he did have to go to extreme measures to get into the presence of God and the praise beyond his understanding would bring those things down the sapphire stones and then he wouldn't talk to anyone or interact with anyone to the extreme extent of even covering his head with a cardboard box and not speak to anyone until he got to his destination to go and minister and then he would release it. Because when you have tainted interactions with familiar spirits of those who know you, those people who greet you along the way, what does it say? Take my staff and go. Take my staff and go to the boy. And if anyone greets you along the way, don't speak to them. Why is that? Familiar spirits. And those places where they were familiar with Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Bam! Oh yeah, they're going they're out the door now. In Jesus' name, the familiars are cursed. They were so familiar with Christ that he could not do any miracles in that place. So you see this theme. But what does this verse say in Psalm 75:10 that we just read? My praises will break the powers of wickedness, while the righteous will be promoted and become powerful. So your praises, they're praise unto God. It's a praise life for you. We know it's an enema for the brain to get all those familiar thoughts out of the mind. But why is it going to be different for you? You're not going to have to wear a cardboard box on the bus on the way to work. You're not going to have to shun and shut out your families to overcome their familiars. It's time to bind them and burn them and throw them into the lake of fire into the eternal abyss forever, the time of judgment coming upon them. Why? You're deciding to change. How? Circumcision on sapphire stones. That's the difference between church age and kingdom age. It's the power to rectify those parts of you that have been tainted by familiar spirits. Familiarity that breeds contempt. Contempt of what? The word of God. That's why it's so dangerous. Amen. Amen. It's important as you deal with your own sin, demons, and uncircumcision in your heart and in your soul and in the ladder above your head that you understand the tools of dealing with that stuff is only fishing tools all the time. Your interaction with others has to be like the fishermen of Galilee. So you have to stay in the protocol of the Lamb's nature, the attitude of Christ, the behavior of Christ, the likeness of Christ, in dealing even with sin and demons. Because one of the temptation is to go outside the gates outside the nature of Christ to deal with the demonic. So they'll tempt you so that you get angry, you get rash, you get um, ugly, you get nasty, you get bitter. You start hunting in the Esau nature demons. This is called 
false spiritual warfare. And it is everywhere in the charismatic church. In fact, most of you, that's probably how you do it. You're trying to do it like a hunter. You're trying to do it in the field with the beasts. First and foremost, you're not called to the field and you're not called to the beasts. You're called to the fishermen of Galilee inside the heavenly Jerusalem of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, and His kingdom. That's the Messianic kingdom. That's what you're called to. It's the protocol of fishing only. That's your toolbox. You know you're in wrongdoing, in religious temptation, or you get into rashness, you get into anger and frustration, you get into hell. Anytime your nature goes from the abilities of the fishermen of Galilee to the hunters of what? who hunted? Judas Iscariot. He hunted with money. He was a thief. And he was buying and trading and selling souls. Okay, That's a hunting nature. He sold the soul of Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. That's worst example of hunting in the Bible, but you guys know the story. That's why I'm telling you it but also Esau and Ishmael and Nimrod, great hunters. All of that hunting activity is to go after things that are wrong. It could be political things. It could be religious things, economic things. You could be going after poverty. You could be going after all kinds of social issues, all kinds of good causes. But if you're doing it as a hunter, it's strange fire. 100% of the time, it's dead works. It's iniquity. So they said, but Lord, we did all this stuff. We healed the sick in your name. We drove out demons in your name. He says, well, you never had my fisherman character. You never knew me. The word know means yada there to be intimately like him. You were never a fisherman like me. You were never a lamb like me. You were a hunter. You were always hunted with these things. So it's about the nature and the character of the heart, the soul, the personality, the interacting with one another of how you steward all the things that come down from God. As it's written, he causes it to rain on the just and unjust. So it's literally all God. Now the only issue is, are you going to act like Esau or like Israel? Are you going to act like the apostles of the Lamb or like Judas Iscariot who betrayed him? Are you going to act like a hunter or a fisherman? That is all the protocol you need to understand for the hairy goats at his left hand that go into eternal damnation or for the sheep of his right hand that go into eternal salvation in this generation right now. Amen. Abrahamic inheritance, wealth transfers, deliverance from the fiery furnace what is the culmination of the ages it's going to take the wisdom of the ages but let's look at abraham that verse from the midrash that said from the perspective of the father as the angels were volunteering to go and save abraham the father said it is appropriate for the unique one to save the unique one as it says, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans. Genesis 15, 7. The unique one of the world. Israel was only exiled after they denied the unique one of the world. And of Abraham the father said, it is appropriate for the unique one to save the unique one. When he looked at Abraham, he said, 
The father said, I am alone in my world, and he is alone in his world. Therefore, it's fitting, it's appropriate that the unique one saves the unique one. Now, we know from the book of Jasher, Abraham was thrown into the fiery furnace, and we see in the Midrash, Gabriel desired to descend and save him. God said to him, I am alone in my world, and he is alone in his world. As it says, Abraham was one. It is appropriate for the unique one to save the unique one. As it says, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans. God said to Gabriel, even so, I am not reducing your reward, angelic rewards. For in the future, Abraham's descendants will descend into the fiery furnace to sanctify my name, and you are standing and saving them. Abraham and the unique one. Literal standard version here. This is from Genesis 22. Two, and he says, now take your son, your only one. And the Hebrew, that is the unique one. Whom you have loved, even Isaac. And go for yourself to the land of Moriah and cause him to ascend there. This is the literal standard version. And cause him to ascend there. Cause him to ascend there for a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I speak to you. On one of the mountains. Was he speaking about a mountain below? Yes, but what do we understand of the wisdom of the patriarchs that they handed down in their oral tradition to their sons from Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob and how he instructed his 12 sons and specifically the Levites, Judah, and the righteous sons? What did they receive? They had cosmic inheritance. The cosmic inheritance was handed down through a blessing that came through the Father. It was the laying on of hands and a blessing or a spoken blessing. It's a cosmic inheritance and it's passed down through oral tradition. And it's backed by angel power. So he said, for a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I speak to you. And you can see the hint there on the screen. You see that? Which mountain is that? Alright. King James Bible Song of Songs 2 8. The voice, the voice of my beloved. Behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. And these are those mountains, and these are those hills. What are the seven mountain ranges of the Lord? The Book of Enoch detailed the separate mountain ranges. We look at the mountain ranges week after week at Joel's Bar, but let it become real in the experience of the listener. The realization of the hope of realizing the glory, the seven spirits of Jesus Christ within you, as seven mountains, seven sephirot, crowned with crowns, have you seen the Lamb of God with seven eyes and seven horns? 
Have you seen his seven crowns? Have you seen crowns and worlds without end? The first and the last, the beginning and the end? For those who've seen the vision of the end from the beginning as behold, the slain Lamb of God, there appears the river of time. And you can watch the events of history unfolding in that place where the angels announce the changing of the times and the seasons and the announcements of God as it goes down into the river of time and it floods through worlds until it reaches you here in the world of Isaiah in the mundane life in the mundane distractions and things of this world what do you see in the mundane are you aware of the holiness of the one who fills all things and upholds all things and is leading you with that gentle whisper and revealing to you in your everyday mundane life the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom that if you'll just tune your ear in to listen to that voice as you reprogram your mind by putting the word of God into your eyes and ears daily you would tune yourself to those things he's highlighting to you those things that he is speaking to you in the mundane until you are aware of his voice and his eye he says i will guide you with my eye his eye is on the sparrow a little bird a little one does he care for you care for your needs for what you'll wear and what you'll eat, where you'll go, the business that you'll do. What is he trying to communicate to you? Are you receiving his communications? Do you have a tender heart to the daily voice of God in your life? Or is there another voice? Is there another one? Is there another God looping the same thoughts in there I can't believe you always do this they always do that to you and it never changes they're always your enemy no matter how hard you try to love them no matter what it's just everyone against you it's you against the world and no one else no one's coming to help you no one's coming to rescue you no one cares you why do you care or is it the tender whisper of the holy spirit of jesus christ the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world who was unveiling to you the mystery in the mundane things in life to unlock the wisdom of solomon which is the understanding of the godliness in all created things there is a parable and that parable of the below world unveils the upper worlds to you and that wisdom that comes down from above as long as you value silver is pure and it will purify you as you depart from all Molech and Pan and the goat and Samael and you depart from the religion of Esau mm -hmm. which is just going after your own heart's desires well I believe God wants to bless me with this because that would increase how much joy I have. That's the most joyful thing I could possibly do. I feel what I want to do. But 
He rejected the godly intelligence in the parables of all things around him, the mundane world, and he became a hunter. He was a hunter. His father was Abraham. He believed in God. He knew that his inheritance was going to be the sapphire stones. But who did God want to give it to? Not the hunter in the field, the tough, rough man, the good fighter, the warrior, the strong man. No, the little mama's boy, gentle boy, little guy in the tent with righteous Rebecca, his mother, learning from the Shekinah, who would shikan upon her and would tell her secrets and mysteries and the will of God and she was able to see them. Now, at that point in time, why could she see them? But the eyes of the other were dimmed. The dimming of the eyes happened when the father, the earthly father, preferred one after his own kind. Isaac preferred that which sprung from the left, Isaac, his soul issued from the left on the Sephirot. It's not a bad place to be. That's also where the tribe of Dan issues from. Dan like a viper. That's a good thing to have serpent wisdom. You're going to need it. Otherwise, the Geverot of the enemy will get you every time. But why were the dimming of the eyes there and he was not able to see as Rebecca saw who the inheritance would go to? to Jacob, because the temptation of the nefesh life is to prefer your own kind, those whose nefesh preferences, whose behemoth preferences, you like the same things, you come from the same charismatic background, you have the same, maybe for some nefesh it's the good old boys club, for some nefesh it's the women's clique and they all wear the same uniform and go to the same target and they drink the same lattes and you know it's full of Satan but you can't quite put your finger on it and how to explain why very nice on the outside but there's something insidious on the inside now that hunting and game and that left side nature which if it's connected to the whole, it's not a bad thing. There's variation in creation. But preferring someone's external nefesh preferences over God's will of righteousness will always cause your vision to fail. So never judge a book by the cover, but let God be the judge in all measurements of light through righteousness. You must see through the Shekinah on sapphire stones and never prefer those birds that might be of a similar feather to you of behemoth and nefesh. Or you'll miss what God wants to do in your life and the lives of others. It may be someone completely unlike you in every way externally but serves Yadhe Vavhe, with a perfect heart. 
and we can't reject the form when the substance is God himself formed within them. And I'll give you clear vision. Voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping on the mountains, skipping on the hills. Those are the sephirot, the sapphire stones. Each one of those is a hill, like a mountain. You might say, why seven? You have the seven lower. You have the seven upper. You have the seven and the three. You have the twelve. And it's all a mystery of supernal grace. Song of Solomon 5.2 I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. A knock at the door, a head of dew. It is the voice of my beloved. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove. And he refers to her in these scriptures as his only one. Alluding to unique one. What is unique about the bride of Christ? She is undefiled. What is unique as you go up the sapphire stones, you let go of defilement. It's circumcised from the inside out. You are becoming, to God as God looked upon Abraham, he called him unique one. It was the hand of God himself that saved Abraham from the furnace because he said it's appropriate that the unique one saves the unique one. Union with the Father in the Yachita soul that you will rise to and obtain through the sacrifice of your self nature, sacrifice of the selfish nature. Come out of her, my people, coming away from the old religious ways of the whore of Babylon, the church, the believers of the perverse generation, the seventh week of Enoch. Through the door. And we speak of discernment. Discernment is represented often in the nose, but let's take a look. Let's take a look because Shekinah, we have Shekinah, the nose, discernment, the knock at a door. Is that an armoire? We have mountains, we have hills. What does it all mean? And what does it mean for you? Not in some off in the distant future reality, something that you think you might attain and never attain it. We're talking about the reality of the now. Faith for now. Faith is now. 
It doesn't mean you can go up all the sapphire stones in an instant. That would be just foolishness of wishful thinking and rejection of angelic protocol. But what is now? The Sephirot is the realm of faith. How are you going to enter the door? You enter by faith. Today, at the hearing of the word, today, choose whom you will serve today. While it is still called today, every day, every moment, we have a choice with our thoughts, our mind, our will, our emotions to either cling to the accuser of the brethren, brethren, they did this, he said that, they did, they did this to me, everyone always does this to me, it's always problems for me. Oh, murmuring, complaining, accusing. Whenever this person is around, I just, I can't do it. I can't go up because they, they do this. It's always like that and it takes my peace and it's all their fault. No. My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. And it's not a peace as the world gives. So, what is the door? Is that an armoire? Are those mountains within you? Is that your beloved skipping over the hills to meet you knocking at the door of your heart? How many doors are there? How many windows are there through which stars move like portals written in the first book of Enoch? Do you want to learn the way? Make up your mind while it's called today, because you enter the door by faith. Choosing to believe the good report, choosing to forsake all impurity, all defilement, and all false love is the first step. When you come into agreement in your heart and your mind, I will rise. I will rise, despite shadows and fears. Maybe you haven't overcome the fears. It doesn't matter. It's written, she said, despite those shadows and fears, I will rise. I will become your bride. I will become a white rose. I will rise and achieve a Yachita soul. I will become a spotless lamb. There's no one in this world who can tell you no. Not one. Not your father, not your mother, not your brother, not your spouse, not your cousin, not your uncle, your aunt, not your coworker, not your boss. There's not one person that can tell you no to rising on sapphire stones. If you simply choose to believe and obey and take that first step of faith, you will find the door and you will knock and keep on knocking in. What does it say? the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Now who doesn't receive? When we ask with impure wrong motives, it's written, when we want to spend all the increase on the selfishness, the pleasures of the self, life. Either you ask and you have not, because you ask, you know, this and this and that, and you'll do that. So take an internal assessment Bring it to the Father. Bring it before him. Approach his throne of mercy in your time of need. For what? Grace? Grace to rise. It takes grace to rise. You must approach the throne of mercy to receive grace 
to rise, saying that even though my intentions have been defiled, I'm asking for grace for repentance. I want to repent. I want to be able to change. I know that you are able, and if I'm willing that you'll do it, I know that's your will. Please grant me grace for repentance unto eternal life, to enter into the door of Enoch, to do the, the holy counting of the Sephirot Haomer, which is rising on sapphire stones through circumcision. Grace to repent, receive grace to repent, to go higher, to enter into that realm. It's by faith. And what is faith? Abraham believed what God said and it was credited to him as righteousness. He's the father of faith, the father of the Sephirotic realm, which was what has said Gevara Tiferet, that's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the top of the Tiferet of the six sapphire stones around the sun. Well, let's just dive in a little bit, and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to open up some things here. One of the important things, when you get to the world of Adam Kadmon, which many of you have had those Google Translates of tongues, saying something along the lines of Omer Adam and we've been studying the Omer the barley offering we've been studying the counting of the Omer the Sephirot Halmer when you go into the world of Adam Kadmon it is important to study and have a Sephirotic understanding of the Jewish holidays the major holidays. Now, does that mean you need to memorize 50 facts on a sheet of paper just to write them back out just to get an A on a test like you do in secondary school? No. You need the revelation of what God was speaking as he led his people and instructed his people for you are his people. So we'll... Mm -hmm. Amen. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and we'll look at the Lulav, the Etrog of the Sukkot. And we're keeping this picture here. This is the armoire, this is the door. Song of Solomon. It's all one Torah. These are all related. You can't have the Sukkot, the Sukkah of the Sukkot, the tabernacle, the shelter. Let us build three shelters one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Why would they offer such a thing? They had some understanding of the oral tradition of Jesus Christ, but it, in that moment, it was more of a natural interpretation, which was incorrect. You can't have the Sukkah of the Sukkot without sapphire stones. You can't have the holidays below without the holidays above. Why was he tired of their festivals, holidays, and new moons? What new moon do you need to have a celebration of? When you get to the next moon of the next world, the first start with the world of Messiah. Your new moon celebration is as you rise, there's another one. <laughs> okay. It goes much deeper than that. Seven layers deep of eternal, valuable revelation. Now that might get overwhelming when you see how many things there are to possibly study. That's why 
we study the Holy Ghost highlights because he will lead you into all truth, it is written. So start trusting the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ who confesses that Jesus Christ came in the flesh to lead you into all truth. He will never lead you into a lie. So if you can discern, and the nose represents discernment, also represents neshama. It is written, the neshama will give us discernment. We've studied that many times here on Joel's Bar. The neshama will give us discernment. What are you going to do if you don't have the neshama soul yet? That's the restoration of the dew of lights, never-ending revival. What are you going to do? Obey the neshama of Jesus Christ, of the Holy Ghost within you. He has a neshama. He has the gold and the silver, the wings, the pinions, the bird, the gentle dove. The neshama of Jesus Christ will give you discernment. Those people in your life who do have a neshama will be speaking like oracles of God into your life. What are the highlights? What is God speaking? What are his sent ones speaking? And what is he speaking in your spirit? Learn the discernment of spirits. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and the Lulav and the Etrog of the Sukkot. Praise the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. This is what the verse says, Isaiah 3.10, Say to the righteous that it is good. When a person mentions the righteous, they should mention them for good. As it says, Say to the righteous that it is good. And when one mentions the wicked, they should mention them for evil. As it says, Isaiah 3.11, Woe to the wicked! For their evil deeds. Similar, it says, Proverbs 10, 7. The memory of the righteous is a blessing. And so too, when the Holy One, blessed be he, mentions Abraham the righteous, he blesses him, as it says, Genesis 18, 17. Shall I hide from Abraham what am I about to do? What is written afterwards? Genesis 18, 18. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. Who is your father? If Abraham is your father, he's, they said, Abraham is our father. They said, because being externally, physically Jews, they said this. But they didn't recognize Jesus. So Abraham was not their father. And what did he say? Out of these rocks, <laughs> out of these stones, said, I can Satan raise up. is your father. That's what he literally told them. So even though they were externally Jews, Satan was their father. He said, where was he going to raise up children for Abraham? Out of these rocks, do you see these rocks on the, on the screen right now, these stones? Out of these stones, I will raise up children for Abraham. Amen. You are children of Abraham as you rise on the sapphire stones. That's Hesed, Gevra, and Tiferet. That's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those are their rungs. They are the patriarchs of the realm of faith, which is the realm of the Sephirot. And that is the counting of the Sephirot HaOmer. That's seven weeks to absolute. Seven weeks through absolute. Amen. That's the counting. And that's what is the 49 days of the Omer. And the plus one is the 50. That's the Jubilee. What's the Jubilee of the eighth week of Omer Adam or Adam Kadmon? 
the inheritances of the righteous, or eighth week, book one of Enoch, houses, mansions, inheritances. That's why there's the most resistance out of anything God's doing in the earth to establishing, traversing the Torah on sapphire stones. Mm. Mm. Yep. Cosmic pioneering. And what is written afterwards, Genesis 18, 18, Abraham, you, will surely become great and powerful. A great and powerful nation. Those on sapphire stones in righteousness, full circumcision of heart. Spirit, heart, even your blood and bones will be saved. And when one mentions Amalek, they curse him. As it says, Deuteronomy 25, 17, remember what Amalek did to you. What is written afterwards? Deuteronomy 25, 19, blot out the memory of Amalek. Bang! Therefore say to the righteous that it is good. Another interpretation of say to the righteous that it is good is that the fruit of their deeds will be eaten as blessings produce fruit while curses do not as it says woe to the wicked for their evil deeds for what their hands have done will be done to them Amen. and let that come forth now the term fruit is used here only to teach that no fruit is produced from curses Another interpretation of say to the righteous that it is good is that the Holy One, blessed be he, calls the righteous good on Rosh Hashanah. All nations stand in judgment before the Holy One. Rosh Hashanah. And uh, some of you, you, when you, maybe after this or when you have the time, you can put down the date uh, this year for Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, it's a supernal date, which means... Sephirotic decades and counting of time. We're counting the Sephirot. Hollow myrrh. It's not April yet, but we're going up sapphire stones. Amen. We're not waiting till April. <laughs> but on the natural calendar, God does things above and below on the, the natural external rotation of the sun, moon, and the stars forever who are faithful in their revolutions. On Rosh Hashanah, all nations stand in judgment before the Holy One, blessed be He. And each nation says, We have triumphed in judgment, but on Yom Kippur, and we can put those dates down, but on Yom Kippur, on oh, my angel flesh, mm -hmm. the Holy One, blessed be He, pardons Israel and forgives their sins. As it says, Leviticus 16.30, For on this day He will forgive you, Yet we still do not know who won the judgment, whether Israel or the nations of the world. When the holiday of Sukkot arrives, what did we talk about counting the Omer until Sukkot from barley to wheat? When the holiday of Sukkot arrives, all Israel take their lulavs. When you see lulavs, in that picture of the sapphire stones on the screen right now, Imagine the lulav and the etrog. The etrog, the citrus, is the shekinah. That's Malkut. Malkut of holiness, so you're standing on the moon. And you take that and shake it. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Amen. When the holiday of Sukkot arrives, all Israel take their lulavs. So make sure you get a lulav. Now that doesn't mean show up tomorrow to Joel's bar with 
palm branches and, and uh, various, various citrus fruits. I'm not, there's no law against that, but you're not really going to be doing it correctly if that's what you do. How are you going to have a love? You're going to go up the sapphire stones. All Israel take their lulavs and proclaim their faith in the righteous one of the world, the Zadik, as if he has come and conquered, and they know that Israel has won the judgment. Therefore say to the righteous that it is good. On Sukkot, propitiate for, F-O-R, or we might say F-O-U-R in this case, four has been highlighted and they call them the four species originally the four species they call them the four species those clusters of palms that they wave on Sukkot didn't they wave palm branches when Jesus was riding down the street Hosanna in the highest blessed is he who comes in the name Yad Hey Vav Hey of the of the Lord. It's L O R D Yad Hey Vav Hey. So originally the four species were waved as a part of a ritual prayer for rain. The former rain and the latter rain. Similarly, in the temple in Jerusalem, the last six days of Sukkot, as the rainy season approached, water was drawn and poured as a libation on the altar, a drink offering living water drink offering the additional service for Shemini Atzeret the day following Sukkot Shemini Atzeret that additional service the day following Sukkot opens with a prayer for rain Shekinah oh Shekinah. Shekinah is the table. The table of Melchizedek is the bread and the wine. These are the words and thoughts that are immersed in Shekinah, whose origin are in the living Torah. All other thoughts and words immersed are baptized in another spirit other than the Holy Shekinah, the Holy Spirit. Our thoughts and words and emotions that originated in another god, the false gods and idols of the clippeth, let them be bound and thrown into the eternal abyss in the lake of fire, never to plague your mind, thoughts, or emotions again in Jesus' name. Bam! So let it go. Whatever it is, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. We continue to tear down the crowns of bitterness as we let it go. Amen. Secrecy within secrecy was prepared and arranged in a single skull filled with crystalline dew, membrane of air purified and sealed, those strands of clean fleece hanging evenly, will of wills, is revealed through prayer of those below, open-eyed, watching, never sleeping, ever vigilant, supervision below by supervision of radiance above. Yad he, vav he, in whom are two holes of an armoire, arousing breath for all, or you could say wardrobe, you could say mystical wardrobe that leads to another dimension. Are we talking about the existence of Narnia? I'll leave that for you to decide.
but don't take my word for it. Reading rainbow. Okay, all right, okay. Go and find the... Go and find the door to Narnia. That's your homework. It's very easy. <laughs> You've been searching your whole childhood for this. A path emerging below two holes of an armoire to eliminate sin. As is written, his splendor is forgiving transgression. Proverbs 19.11 Armoire, that's rendered pardashka, cupboard, cabinet, wardrobe. The early 13th century Tosafist Samson of Sens explains to his readers what a cabinet is. Hollow columns in the wall of the house made up of many windows with doors. Windows and with doors. Made up of many windows and with doors. Hollow columns in the wall. Asher Ben Yehiel explains that the partiskin are windows like towers built into the wall. The wardrobe. <laughs> the wardrobe. The wardrobe of Narnia is the nostrils of the breath of the Ancient of Days. Ooh, mysteries of emanation. I'll share with you just a little more on this. You could put Yad, Hey, and Yad again, and that would spell Yehi. That's Yad, and then Hey, and then Yad again. Looks like a nose. It's the mystery of emanation. This world alludes to the entire stream of emanation. From the primordial point of Hakma, wisdom symbolized by the first Yad, you remember the name we took? Yad, Hakma, the second Hay, Upper Shekinah, Yad, Hay, and then Yad, Lower Wisdom. Not only is she Lower Hay of the Tetragrammaton, it's also known as Lesser Wisdom. Where does she get her wisdom from? Her father, Adornments of Wisdom. The adornments and the jewelry of Song of Songs is the adornments of the Sephirot, which is wisdom that is pure, and it comes down from above, from the Father of Lights. Father above, corresponding the Father, he said he was what? The unique one. It's appropriate that the unique one saves the unique one. Speaking of who? Abraham, who was a father father of faith who is now also above so you have father above and father above sephirot above and your wisdom below lesser wisdom greater wisdom as you rise into the world of greater wisdom but you must first grow your spirit you walk by faith and not by sight believing the word that you heard and begin to live it, live for it, sacrifice for it, forsake the old ways. Abraham believed the father before he became a father. Abraham believed before he saw. He had no evidence other than God's word, and that was enough for him. That's why righteousness was accredited to him, which is purity. So that Yad Hey, Yad, Yehi. That's alluding to the entire stream of emanation. Wisdom above, 
emanation of Shekinah to Shekinah below mystery of the covenant. And that was the command Yehi, that's let there be. That appears three times in the opening chapter of Genesis. In connection with the creation or the expanse or the firmament, the vault of heaven, the sun, the moon, the stars. The sun, the moon, and stars. How does it go? The sun and moon and stars. You are, you are. How does it go? Sun and moon and stars. Why, why is the Zadik singing about the sun, the moon, and the stars? The ladder of Jacob, the firmament of the heaven. Let there be light. Let there be lights. That Yad, hey, Yad, that's the nostril. What did we say? The wardrobe of Narnia is the nostrils of the breath of the Ancient of Days. A wardrobe to remove transgression. A wardrobe to remove sin. Are there greater garments through those doors? Her household does not fear winter. Amen. Why? Clothed in the blood of the Lamb. Each point is wisdom above and below. Mystery of wisdom. Mysteries of wisdom. The emanation of Shekinah. Shekinah is the mystery of the covenant. It is simply the mark of purity that is the lower wisdom, lower yod, corresponding to your father's wisdom. Hakna above. Emanations of the sephirot, of absolute above, and emanations of Shekinah below. Shekinah, the emanations of the Aleph and the Ta of the first and the last, the end from the beginning. The breath of life, the life-giving spirit, Jesus Christ within you. The hope of realizing the glory. The mystery of the covenant is the purity of wisdom. Shekinah, the mark of the covenant, the circumcision of heart. And in that Jewish prophecy, they say that the dew of emanation will one day revive the dead. That word, yea, let there be lights. The restoration of the dew of lights of the firmament, which is the angelic reward and task assigned to the angel that stands at my right hand, tall, whose name means dew. What is his mission? How did Gabriel have rewards, angelic rewards? Even though God the Father was the one to save Abraham, for it was only fitting or only appropriate that the unique one save the unique one. My only one. What does that allude to? Yichida. The Aleph. The Aleph of the apex of the crown of stars of Hakma, the world of the Sephirot, the world of Absolute, the seventh week of the Sukkot. The dew of the emanation will one day revive the dead. The dew of lights, the restoration of the Neshama. Let there be lights in the firmament once again. Let there be the Neshama souls restored to you once again. Reversing the curse of the fall of Adam and Eve is the restoration of the Neshama soul. That's the gold. 
Do you think that there's any wealth transfer for you below if you don't have gold above? So where are your priorities? Is it another business strategy? Or should we focus on mineral level obedience on Malkut? Come out of the dust and the dirt. Mineral level, plant level, dust and dirt. Animal level, human level, appearance of angelic creatures, appearance of false Jesus or the true Jesus. Get that circumcised. The foreskin and the membrane, the shell, removed and continue to do so rung after rung, layer after layer, rung upon rung, and rise through complete, proper, full circumcision until you receive the nur of the lamp of the Lord, which is the neshama. That's the gold. When you have the gold above, that's your first taste of the eligibility for the gold below. But if you're chasing it around the mountain in idolatry, it's a never-ending story, a broken record of disappointment. Disappointment. False hope. Round and round. Like a merry-go-round of hell. Literally. Until you just decide, enough with the idolatry. I don't care if anybody else is going up, I'm going up now. How are you going up? Not just zeal and I'm just gonna go up and then you try to if God did it for Rebecca, if God did it for Brandon, he'll do it for me. And you jump up and then you fall flat on your face. Why? You have to make the sacrifice to be circumcised. Which means actually change your heart. Rend your heart and not your garments. Which means what? Don't just beat up your nefesh and your behemoth. I've been fasting for so many days. I barely eat anymore. I pray at my knees all the time. Just do the right thing. Rend your heart and not your garments. Don't beat up your nefesh. Beat up your behemoth. Beat up your ruah. Just simply and truly follow the instruction calmly and humbly with a clean heart and a clean conscience. And if it's not a clean conscience, cleanse your conscience. The blood of Jesus will cleanse your conscience. Do the work. Go through the master class. Follow the instruction. Receive the instruction. This is the time for it. The emanation of the dew of lights. And those lights correspond to the light that radiates from the names of God. And he holds his word above his name. So what kind of radiation is the receiving of the Torah that he holds above his name, we'll find out in week nine of the Sephirot. And the, an the power of the animation of the dew of lights. Mm. The hair of his head, the multiverse. There's a door at the top, I don't know. Oh yeah, here, this is a note on this. This is from the NASB 1977 version. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We hear that one a lot, but look. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. And so we see those warnings not to reject knowledge, but to become scholars, not just of, not some religion, 
Sapna, but of the Sephirot, Ha, Omer, the counting, scholars of the living word of God, scholars of righteousness. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'll give you one more nugget here. We mentioned it before, but. Who? Enoch's door is the door below, the one you enter in first by faith. But the supernal door above at the top of Atzalut, the door to the apex of the crown of that Yad, is the door to the multiverse, which are the hairs on the top of the head. Amen. And I see, I saw them last week. So sure enough, there it is. <laughs> it does kind of look like hair. <laughs> Strands, threads, weeks, worlds without end. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rich Torah study. Mm. Glory. Thank you, Jesus, for your word and for a time of diving deep into your heart. The heart of Torah is Jesus Christ himself, the word of the Father. I pray that it be written on all your hearts and all your minds and all your bones and produce a different type of marrow in you. The marrow of celestial Israel. And all the angels will see it and defend you because you are the Word made flesh, living epistles that can be read of everyone in the whole world so they can all come and read Jesus Christ, the Torah of the Father. And as they read and study Jesus Christ, the living Word, they will be saved. They'll be transformed. They'll be glorified. They'll be filled with light and they will rise on sapphire stones, the very source of the Word of God on earth, through all the heavens, to the very throne of God. As you were talking, I was seeing how high we are in the Sephirot teaching these mysteries, and I heard, in the days of Noah, eight were saved through water. Scholars believe there was one billion souls on earth in the days of Noah. One billion. And only eight were saved through water. So it's kind of like right now teaching the highest righteousness of all time, which is accurate what we're doing, not boasting, it's true. Eighth week, seventh week righteousness. And we have five people on sapphire stones. Remember, there was only eight in the days of Noah. So Jesus Christ said it would be like the days of Noah. It would be like eight people on sapphire stones. Just so you have a grid right now of how close we are to the very end. I believe it only takes eight. And we're at five right now in Red Letter Ministries. And as we get more people practicing righteousness, not just hearing righteousness, we got about a thousand every day hearing righteousness. We have some participation. We have some people bringing sacrifices and offerings. 
different levels of commitment and actual obedience to the angels of Yadivave and the Torah of Yadivave, and you're all at different places, and that's obvious. We want you to go higher and deeper in God. That's the only place you're going to be satisfied. So what the Holy Spirit of God is sending forth in His Word is to convict of sin, righteousness, and coming judgment. Coming judgment that will come like the days of Noah when eight are on sapphire stones. And we have five in the entire universe right now. Just understand what Jesus said. Understand the current situation of the universe. Understand Hebrews 6. Moving past elementary things of baptisms, which is all the teachings of Christianity on earth, into the training of righteousness, if Yarevave permits. So the training of righteousness has begun, and God has permitted, but you will have to be the real deal, just like the patriarchs and matriarchs, in your whole heart. In Torah, the written word, and the oral tradition of the New Testament and Old Testament have the ability to make you all perfect, as your Father in Heaven is perfect. So it's entirely up to you guys how you respond to these teachings in these days. And we're rooting for you. Now don't start clawing and biting at each other. Three spots left! You know, it's going to be like Black Friday at Walmart. <laughs> that's how you know that you're not bearing the right fruit if that's the reaction. That was a it's clear not, word. Eight yep. were on sapphire stones yep. on days of Noah. And we're almost to the days of Noah. And we're almost to eight, which is a huge mark in the manifest sons of God predestined for ordained in this generation. So it's huge. These are huge milestones for the messianic kingdom of Jesus Christ and Israel. It's very big. Mm -hmm. And we want to encourage everyone to obey in whatever, in whatever area you are currently rebelling in. To make an effort to change. Change your inner man and your outer man both. Change both of them. And bear fruit in keeping with repentance and fruit that lasts. And really go after that religiosity. Go after the offense. Because offense, religion, lust, pride of life, lust in the eyes, and the desires of your own heart are what keep you out of the kingdom of Israel. So you want to really go after the desires of your heart as the devil and get that cut out and the desires of your eyes, which is the devil, and cut that stuff out. For his heart and his eyes, Revelation 5, 6. His heart and his eyes are in his Torah, his teaching. If you study the teaching of Jesus, and you do it with a heart for him and not for yourself, you will always have more of his heart and more of his vision every day, and that's accurately what going from glory to glory is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to read just this little section here from Anna Roundtree, Heaven Awaits the Bride and Her Experience and the Vision of the Stairway. Then slowly, all by itself, the battering ram turned and began to start up the hill again, moving in my direction. The goat's head on the end of the ram was laughing, exhilarated, as if drunk with blood. I thought it might see me, so I left 
the top of the hill. Hills, mountains, Song of Songs. Top of Malkut. And began to run in the opposite direction. Opposite direction of what? The goat head. Which was where? At a building made by human hands that said the church on it. Christian hunting of Isa. Mm -hmm. That's the goat head. External Christian buildings made by human hands that she thought was the church, but turned out not to be the actual church. I thought it might see me, so I left the top of the hill and began to run in the opposite direction. Come out of her, my people. As I ran, I frantically scanned the desert basin for a hiding place. I could hear the huge wheels laboring as they carried the battering ram toward the top of the hill again. Suddenly, an angel began to fly beside me. Where can I hide from the battering ram? I shouted as I ran. The battering ram rolls relentlessly over all the earth now. Up high, the angel said, up higher than it can see is the only safe place. Let me show you. The only safe place. Up high. Let me show you. Come and see. Let me show you. Come and see. The escape. With a wave of the angel's hand, a stairway appeared, touching the earth and reaching beyond my view into heaven. I moved to the base of the stairs and looked up. He went to the base of the stairs and looked up. Nassau your eyes to Ketter. Go to the door of Enoch. The base camp. Shekinah campfire by the tree of life. Amen. I was still heaving from running. The angel flew beside the stairs higher than its base on earth and waved me upward. The angel flew beside me on the stairs higher than its base on earth and waved me upward. Come on! the angel shouted. The ram is coming! And we don't want him to see this stairway. Come on! Jesus Christ is the ladder or the way into heaven, for no one comes to the Father but through him. John 14, 6. There were no handrails on the narrow stairs. The stairs were clear like glass, which can be slippery. I could hear the battering ram rolling. Although I was still panting, I began to run up the stairs. Faster, the angel called. The scarlet cord that is secured to the first section of the stairway into heaven represents the stage of redemption through the cross of Calvary, which means it represents the cross. The sephirot is the cross. I kept my eyes on the stairs. I kept my eyes on the stairs. Where are your eyes? Problems at work, problems at home, arguments here, arguments there, arguments, arguments everywhere. Stop! <laughs> I kept my eyes on the stairs. What do I do? What do I do? Just keep your eyes on Christ. He is the Sephiroth. I keep. I kept my eyes on the stairs. 
In his hands, the angel had a scarlet cord fastened to the stairs at the bottom. I could hear the battering ram getting closer, but the angel pulled the cord and brought up the first section of the stairway like attic stairs that can be lowered and raised. And as you rise on sapphire stones, we talk about all the worlds that you have conquered below you as you conquer worlds. Once you have a whole world conquered, you pull up that, the, it makes like a priesthood ephod. It's all like one piece. It's all like one piece. It's all like one piece. Hmm. Yeah, and then you piece. pull it up, right up to where you're standing. It's full of lightning. <laughs> and that gives you a boost of energy when you need to go to the next one. Amen? King of Israel. It's wisdom. Hurry, the angel urged. I continued to run up the steps, breathless. The angel pulled the thin rope, and another section of the stairs rose. Keep climbing, the angel said. Oh, he was... Now his tone of voice was less urgent. Sorry, that's... Keep climbing. A little more calmly now. The angel said, although his tone of voice was less urgent, with a mighty effort, with a mighty effort, this is not effortless, the realm, uh, traversing the realm of the Sephiroth is not an effortless, put it on autopilot, kick back and relax journey. It is a mighty effort. It is a circumcision. Amen. With a mighty effort, I completed the stairs and turned to make sure I had indeed escaped. Escaped what? <laughs> Who sent that battering ram? If they have it below, it came from above. Above where? That other mountain range. If you see a beloved skipping over mountain tops toward you, test every spirit, please. Your beloved might be a fake Jesus. If there's a knock at your door and you hear a knock at the door of your heart, <laughs> make sure they confess Jesus Christ came in the flesh. If they won't, don't answer, don't open that door of your heart. Sin crouches at the door, but Jesus Christ also knocks at the door. Amen? So find out who's at the door, right? Don't be an idiot at home. You ever someone knock on the door, you just go and open the door? No, you look through the little people, you check the, or you check the security camera, or you just, hello, come on in. Oh, is it a vampire? Well, why not? No, no, stay outside. Keep that door locked. Don't open the door. Find out who's at the door, okay? No hunters, fishermen only. Find out who's at your door. Okay. With a mighty effort, I completed the stairs and turned to make sure I had indeed escaped. The battering ram was directly below, rolling beneath us as the third section of the stairs was pulled up. The second section of the stairway, second stage of redemption, now, this is what the angel said. You were safe after climbing the second set of stairs. But to be really safe, you need to pass the third. That's the neshama. Alright. So, remember, Yetzira is all part of one world. So... You were safe after climbing the second set. So you were 
There's a lot of safety after you finish Yetzira. Right, that last part of Yetzira is pretty wild, pretty intense. But to be really safe, you need to pass the third, right? Pass through the world of Berea. And get, why? Chaya, gemstone, armor, make up. And then you just put your hand, right hand of righteousness in the air with your fresh manicured hands. Ladies, guys can do this too, but you know. Put your hand in the air. Chaya, crystal, power. Yeah. Gotta enjoy it. <laughs> Gotta enjoy it. Might as well, right? Who else is gonna do it? You know? Is the, is it gonna make it into the Guinness Book of Records? Probably not. Maybe in a future life. Maybe in the world to come. It'll be written, angels, and then... And then, when they got to Absolute, and they received the crystal gemstone Chaya soul, I don't know why, but they just started saying this phrase, and then lightning started shooting out of their hands. Amen. Amen. All right. Mm -hmm. But to be really safe, you need to pass the third. The third section secures one's position in the heavenly realm with Christ, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion of the enemy. Amen. So you go up high, and you stay within the gates, stay within the walls of Jerusalem. As the battering ram rolled past, I tried to catch my breath and settle myself. Only then did I look around. Where am I? Paradise. The angel smiled. As he tied the cord holding the stairs to a docking post, a sign above the post read, Stairport. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Numbers 18.29 Out of all your gifts, you shall present every offering due to Yarevave from all the best of your house, even the sacred part from them. Numbers 18.29 Prescription of giving the best you have into the ministry of Jesus Christ, saving your souls, building up your spirits, teaching you the eternal life, in which you must be saved. Amen. Bless you guys as you give. Thank you for raising the support for the generator for Shadrach today. We raised all 1600 that we needed. We had a power surge in our Nairobi studio, and it blew up the generator. They don't have the same kind of power we do here in First World Nations. They have power surges, and it's very severe, and it often does extreme damage. So it's the first one of its kind that's done so much damage that we had to do nearly $2,000 in repairs after the power surge. You know, we're a broadcasting studio. We do television through the internet all over the world. And so we have very sensitive electronics. So it does take a lot of money to maintain the broadcasting equipment. And I just want to thank everyone who gave generously into that because the need was only presented today and we probably had 10 different people give into raising the funds for Shadrach. So I can really feel how much you guys love and support RLM Africa and I want to say something about that. Make sure you understand in your giving, we are one apostleship. We are one RLM TV. We are not two. We are not 
Africa and America, we are one. We are one body of Christ. We are one Israel. We are one Jerusalem. We are one apostleship. So everything that comes in can come in through www.rlm.tv backslash donate. There's not any other way to support RLM TV in the whole world except through that way. And it's the way that advances the kingdom and the teaching and the training of righteousness through everything the Holy Spirit and His angels are doing through Shadrach and Rebecca and I here in Minneapolis and expanding into Florida and branching out all over the world in future months. So thank you and bless you from the throne of Zion's glory upon you, your house, your business, your marketplace, your families, and even your ministries unto yourselves, the Lord, and your families. Be blessed from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Glory.